0: You're listening to the living word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. We come alive as we are with the living word, the lies so we can fully rest in your truth. Yeah, yeah.
1: If it were you sitting there. And Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Fill in the blank. Do you love me more than the girlfriend? Do you love me more than the house? Do you love me more than your job? Would you leave your job? Would you leave the salary? If it really was Jesus saying, come. Do you truly love me more than these? Fill in the blank. And Peter says, yes Lord. You know I
0: love you. Feed my lambs. Do you love me more than these? That question rings through the air today as Pastor Danny takes us back to the beach where Jesus asked it of Peter. And today he's asking you, do you love me more than these? What's these? These is a fill in the blank term. Do you love me more than these other things in your life that are so precious to you? Our answer to that question will determine the trajectory of our lives now and into eternity. Take some time today to really ask yourself what you would give for Christ. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation chapter two with today's edition of The Living Word.
1: be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. You'll suffer persecution ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. The second death is Revelation 21, as humanity stands before God's throne, and all whose names are not found written in the book of life, otherwise called the Lamb's book of life, are cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is called the second death, and the only way to escape the second death, the only way not to die twice, is to be born again once by faith in Jesus. Three words describe the suffering of the saints in Smyrna. One means to be crushed beneath a weight. The second is destitution, poverty, yet from heaven's perspective, wealthy. The third is slander. They talk negatively about you just because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. They insult you. They defame you. And as bad as it was... For a Christian living in Smyrna, Jesus says in this message, for some of you, it's going to get worse. Some of you are going to go to prison. Some of you are going to have to give your life for your faith in Jesus. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Now, I thought about this. There there are two categories of suffering in the will of God. We're not talking about suffering for our stupidity. We know what that's like. We're talking about suffering in the will of God. And suffering in the will of God, one uh, that I choose, I choose to be identified with Jesus Christ. That's the suffering you choose. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Moses, by faith, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for Christ as of greater worth than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward and it's going to be worth it in the end. And then you make a choice, if you're the real deal, to suffer for Christ. By saying no to your natural desires, saying no to sexual sin, saying no to greed, saying no to just being accepted by the world and all those things that come with being a Christian that you say no to, saying yes to godly training. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, train yourself to be godly for physical exercises of some value, but godliness has value both for the present life and the one to come. So training myself to be godly, disciplining myself to read the Bible, not just to yell at you, <laughs> to pray, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I beat my body, I make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the price. So things I choose to suffer. But then the second category, in the will of God, suffering, and and it's not suffering I choose, but it's suffering in the will of God. Jesus, after his resurrection, Peter is told to wait for him back in Galilee along with the other apostles. But Peter, impatient Peter, Jesus doesn't show up and Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the others say, we'll go with you. And they go out and interestingly enough, they fish all night and they catch nothing. And then there's a figure on the beach. And he cries out, hey, you guys catch anything? Imagine how they felt. They are Peter's already discouraged. He's a professional fisherman, but he caught nothing all night. And some figure on the beach is crying out sarcastically, it seems. Did you catch anything? Nothing. And just like three years before, at the instruction of this man, uh, they cast the nets and catch so many fish that the, 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 the boats are going to sink. And Peter, in pure Peter fashion, John leans over to Peter with all these fish. And he says, that's the Lord. Peter puts on his clothes, jumps in the water. (laughs) Jesus has got breakfast for them. They have breakfast. And after breakfast, they're walking along the beach. Personal conversation between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, when you were young, they dressed you dressed the way you wanted to dress. You went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, Peter, you, they're going to dress you in a way you don't want to be dressed. And they're going to take you where you don't want to go. John is following them. So Peter says to Jesus, Lord, if that's, if that's what's going to happen to me, because it says Jesus revealed to him this is how we would glorify God. He's going to have to die for his faith one day. And so Peter says, if that's what you got for me, what about him? Jesus says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Follow me. Then Peter went out and started a rumor that John wasn't going to die before the second coming. (laughs) Peter thought he was more spiritual than the other apostles. The last supper, the Passover meal before the cross, Jesus revealed to the 12 that they were going to all fall away on account of him. Peter says, not me. All these other guys, might, I won't. I'll die with you. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this very night before the cock crows, you'll deny three times that you know me. And Peter emphatically says, never, I will die with you. And after that night, he never wanted to see another rooster ever again. <laughs> and after the cock crowed, one of the gospel writers tells us that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. And Peter went out after that scrutinizing gaze right into his heart. And he went out and he wept bitterly. Now, miserably felt. What an opportunity to stand for Christ, but it would cost him. And he denied even knowing. him. The truth was he did know him. But he wasn't willing to pay the price. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 21. In this encounter on the beach, there with Jesus, verse 15 says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? There's debate over what the these are. I have a a strong opinion what the these are. Don't look too deeply into the passage. What's just happened? They fished all night. They caught nothing. Jesus' word. They catch so many fish. The the, the boats are going to sink. Peter's livelihood. He had grown up fishing. He had been a fisherman for his livelihood. And impatient, waiting for Jesus in Galilee, he says to the guys, I'm going fishing. I think Peter not only did it as a business, he loved it, and he loved fish. But if you don't believe it's the fish... These, you love me more than these, the fish? Because why did they not catch anything? Isn't there a message there? Peter, three years before, Jesus comes walking by. Jesus says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And he leaves all that behind. So what's he going back to? And he catches nothing, I think. There's a message there. Do you truly love me more than these? If you don't believe it's the fish, and the old life, and the livelihood. Then, look, it doesn't change the point of the passage. You fill in the blank. If it were you sitting there, and Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Fill in the blank. Do you love me more than the girlfriend? Do you love me more than the house? Do you love me more than your job? Would you leave your job? Would you leave the salary? If it really was Jesus saying, come, do you truly love me more than these? Fill in the blank. And Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Now, I know there are different words in the Greek. Each time Jesus says, do you love me? The agape, the I know that, but this is not the point. You don't need to know the Greek words for the point. Second time he asked him, Lord, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Some of you know in my normal daily Bible reading now, I afterward will read the devotional by Oswald Chambers, My Upmost for His Highest. I've used it several times over the years. It's just, he speaks from the grave, (laughs) let me tell you. And I love him and I hate him, if you know what I mean. And this last week, March the 2nd, here it is. Have you felt the hurt of the Lord? And the scripture he puts here is Jesus said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? Let me read you a section of it. Have you felt the hurt of the Lord to the uncovered quick, the place where the real sensitiveness of your life is lodged? Peter was grieved because Jesus said unto him the third time, he was awakening to the fact that in the real true center of his personal life, he was devoted to Jesus. He began to see what the patient questioning meant. There was no room for passionate utterance, no room for exhilaration or sentiment. Peter was beginning to discover to himself how much he did love the Lord. And there was no one in heaven above or upon earth beneath beside Jesus Christ. But he did not know it until the probing, hurting questions of the Lord came. The Lord's questions always reveal me to myself. Our Lord never asked questions until the right time. Rarely, but probably at least once, he will get us into a corner where he will hurt us with his undeviating questions, and we will realize that we do love him far more deeply than any profession can ever show. All these others may fall away. I never will, I will die with you. But he didn't prove it till after. He wept bitterly, he repented. I never wanted to make that mistake again. What an awful feeling to know I failed, my Lord, because I was unwilling to suffer, whatever the cost. Unwilling to say no to whatever it would mean to cling to him and stay close to him. But let me give you in the last few minutes I have this morning the positive side of suffering in the will of God. The positive side of suffering in the will of God. There are advantages to suffering in the will of God. Now, uh, (laughs) let me just say a quick word. The two broad categories. I choose to suffer being identified with Jesus Christ. I choose to suffer by saying no to my flesh, etc. Having a devotional time, all those things. But there's other suffering in the will of God that we don't choose and we don't go looking for. And if you go looking for them, you are absolutely out of your mind. What are the advantages to suffering in the will of God? Well, turn with me just for the last few moments. One scripture, 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Because Peter knows what it is to fail miserably. But he knows what it is to learn from that failure. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though, now, for a little while, You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be, here it is, may be proved genuine. And may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. As you see him face to face, as we bow before him, and you then look into his eyes and you want to hear him say, well done, good, and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of thy Lord. Suffering in the will of God proves that you're the real deal you're going to tell me somebody that's been going to church all their life but never never had an opportunity outside of a church setting never having an opportunity to confess that i'm a christian that i'm a follower of jesus christ you're going to tell me that person's the real deal now i'm not god i'm not god But don't you think there's a problem with somebody that says says I'm a Christian, but they've never confessed it in the world? Man, to be willing to confess Christ, not be arrogant about it, not be, you know, my goodness, I, I hate Christians that just try to, you know, put it out there in such a way that it's not like the character of Jesus. Just be who you are. And when the opportunity comes, don't be ashamed of it. I'm a Christian. No, I'm not going to do that. That's deceptive in my business. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to cheat on my taxes. No, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I'm a Christian. That's a testimony right there. No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do that in trying to sell this house. I'm not going to try to cover something up. No, I'm not going to. You know, tell. I'm not going to do that about my car when I'm trying to sell it. No, because why? Because I'm a Christian. No, when I, when I come home and I realize they made a $100 difference and it's my $100 mistake and it's in, it's in my favor, and I go, oh, praise the Lord. No, 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 I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, you know, there's a mistake here. And they're going to look at you like, what in the world is wrong with you? And if they want to know why in the world would you come do that? You say, well, because I'm a Christian. It's the right thing to do. It proves that you're Genuine when they don't want to hang out with you at school because you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I know what that feels like. And I hate it. I hate it. It's worse for me. They find out not only am I Christian, but I'm a preacher. Boy, you want to see people scatter quickly. It proves that you're the real deal. Second. I'm only giving you three, and then we'll pick it up again next week. And these are short. Second, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1. therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Now, the done with sin doesn't mean you're sinlessly perfect. Doesn't mean that at all. We won't be there till heaven. It just means that once you in your body are willing to take the blows, whatever it is, and I'm willing to suffer in my body and whether it's insult, whatever it is, I'm willing to go ahead and and endure that, endure that suffering, then second advantage. Once you do that, You're no longer lukewarm. You're no longer wishy-washy. I mentioned it two weeks ago. I remind us again. You know what's missing in the letter to the church of Smyrna? There's no rebuke. There's no rebuke. The most stinging rebuke of any of the messages to the seven churches chosen in Revelation 2 and 3, the most stinging to me is the message to the church of Laodicea. They were not cold but they were not hot. And because they were lukewarm, Jesus said, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, you make me nauseous. You want to really make him sick to his stomach. I mean, that's really the message of the church of Laodicea. That's really it. You make me sick to my stomach because you're not on fire. You're not cold. You're just... You're the convenient Christian. You're the comfortable Christian. But when it really comes down to sacrifice and suffering, no, 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 no. Church of Smyrna, they were all in. They showed it by their lives. They were willing to suffer. Some would go to prison. Some would die for their faith. And there's no rebuke for that church. Proves your genuineness. Too keeps you from being lukewarm. Counted the cost. You're willing to pay the price. Number three, there's no other way to grow spiritually. I won't go over time, but just listen, listen. Hebrews chapter two, fascinating, fascinating passage. Hebrews chapter two and verse 10. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the author of, of their salvation, Jesus, perfect, mature through suffering. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, mature. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Romans 5, Paul wrote, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance Character. There's no other way to grow and become mature in the Lord without suffering in the will of God. Proves you're genuine. Keeps you from being lukewarm and half-hearted. And it's necessary for spiritual growth. I close with this. I just finished, uh, I told you I think recently, I just finished Mark Batterson's newest book, Whisper. I really enjoyed it. And he said near the end of the book. You can get through just about anything if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And for a follower of Christ, there always is. But here's my caution. Don't be so focused on getting out of difficult circumstances that you don't get anything out of them. And I wrote after that, sometimes, or he writes, sometimes the circumstances we're trying to change are the very circumstances God is using to change us. There's a positive side the suffering we'll look at a few more next Sunday but in the will of God as a follower of Jesus Christ when I choose to suffer and even when I don't choose but it's the price I'm going to pay as a follower of Jesus Christ it proves that I'm genuine it keeps me from being lukewarm and it's absolutely essential to grow spiritually
0: Today on The Living Word, Pastor Danny Hodges has been teaching through a series from the Book of Revelation. Though deemed as a bit daunting, Revelation is actually full of so much hope. It's not just about judgment. It's about Jesus. It's about the hope that we have in Him because He wins. He defeats darkness and makes all things new. What hope we have in the light of the world? Here at The Living Word, we understand how strange this must seem to those who don't know Christ, but what better way for them to experience Him than through you? We pray that you keep tuning in to this series to learn the truth that's revealed in God's word. We also pray that as you grow in him, the people around you will come to know Jesus as well in a profound way. Would you also be willing to pray for us here at The Living Word? As our ministry grows, we want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and foremost. We're constantly in need of his guidance. So please pray that we would recognize his voice and his direction. Thanks so much for praying about this. Before we leave you today, if you live in or near the St. Petersburg area, all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you come join us for one of our weekend services. Just go to ccfstpete.church and get directions and service times. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word.